Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> and welcome to the 50th episode of the Cozy Show podcast. Wow. 50 episodes of the Cozy Show podcast. I started this podcast um, in early November of last year, um, November 1st to be exact, and to be part of, you know, a, a media source like this, you know, to be a podcaster, broadcaster, and sports journalist in my own right, um, it's been a thrill ride that has, you know, taken um, me to, you know, heights that I never could have imagined. And I got to thank you, the audience members, and you listeners, and all you active participants, you know, of the podcast. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to all of you, you listeners and audience members and participants, active participants of the podcast. You are the driving force of, you know, keeping me doing what I do. Thank you all very much for your support, your undying love and your your loyalty. I wouldn't be able to do this without you. So thank you. Okay, so without any further ado, here we go. How are you doing today, ladies and gentlemen? How are you doing today? It's a uh, great time to be a sports fan right about now. And uh, let's uh, get right into it. There's plenty of sports news to go around. Um, professional sports news, that is. And, you know, with the training camps in the NFL underway as we speak and spring games taking place with the, uh, you know, the NCAA football, college football, um, to Brittany Griner, there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Okay, first things first, breaking news. Um, the United States government has decided to offer a deal to bring Brittany Griner home from her detainment in Russia. Of course, she's been wrongfully detained in Russia since early February, or in this case, just the month of February you know, as it is. Um, and she's been, in many people's eyes, held hostage um, by, you know, another country, another government. Um, but more details have come out. Apparently she used hashish slash cannabis oil as a medical source to treat pain. So basically like a painkiller to treat, um, 
you know, pain that she's been dealing with, physical pain. But apparently she was arrested at Moscow Airport, um, and that was right around the time, you know, because they do the searching of your bag and your clothes and whatever else once you're at an airport. And apparently they found the drug paraphernalia on her. And that's when, of course, she would be um, taken under police or authorities' custody. And uh, rest history. So, the saga continues. Um... There's also new details that has also come out about this subject. Um, apparently, her rights were not read to her um, all the way while she's been in custody. And she's also had to sign documents um, that she didn't have enough time to read. So you can only imagine... Um, you know, that this situation gets uglier and uglier and uglier by the day. So, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to Brittany Griner as we wish her a speedy, safe recovery to the United States. Okay? And to, if you want to uh, show your support for Brittany Griner, I'm sure there's um, a website or a resource that you can go to to, you know, help bring her home. And I do believe that there is a show called Jalen and Jacoby that you can watch, um, and they'll tell you the resource or the website that you can go to to help um, contribute to this cause. So thank you very much. Okay. So, we got into that part of the breaking news but there's also more breaking news um the live golf um program has decided to add about 14 more events um going into either this year or 2023 one of the two um of course live golf is the saudi arabia backed golf program which is very controversial, very polarizing, very, um, you know, very much, you know, debatable by, you know, cr the critic standards. And a lot of, especially United States Special Forces people, whether it's the Navy, the Army, or even... You know, the Air Force has had some of its members speak out about the uh, golf program, basically saying, so some of these athletes have refused to answer the question, why did they enter Live Golf? Or why are they doing, you know, Live Golf? Why are they participating in this golf program? And they took excuse me, they took exception to it, they uh, were insulted by it, they took offense to it, um, and I can't really say that I blame them, because 
you know, Saudi Arabia and the United States haven't had the greatest relationship. And you can date it all the way back to the execution of a United States um, media member. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, but I can totally understand where, you know, our armed forces, men and women, you know, I can understand why they have the opinions they have on it, but personally, I don't want to get too in-depth in that. I don't want to say anything controversial or polarizing, so what I will say is this. Like I said, the Live Golf Tournament or program is expanding to 14 tournaments in 2023, up to eight from this year, so you'll probably see the likes of Brooks, excuse me, You'll probably see, excuse me. You'll probably see the likes of Brooks Kepka, um, Bryson DeChambeau, um, Phil Mickelson. Um, so you know names like that um, participate in this golf program. Um, but you had uh, guys like Tiger Woods. He's uh, shared his opinion on the whole subject. Um, if you want to see the video, you'll probably have to go to YouTube or some other, you know, sports website for the, you know, complete story on that. But, you know, not all golfers are, you know, down for the cause, so to speak. So, um... Rather it's the players, rather it's critics, rather it's participants in the Live Golf Tournament. Not everyone sees eye to eye on this subject, which comes as no surprise, but that's neither here nor there. So let's move on. Okay, and speaking of the Live Golf Tournament, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm now getting information that, of course, they'll have 14 more tournaments um, or events in 2023, um, double that from this year, um, but there'll be 405 million in purses in 2023 as well, so it should be interesting to see how things go with that um, program moving forward. So there you go. So let's get into some Major League Baseball news. The Phillies beat the World Series reigning defending champion, the Braves, 7-2. to um, Of course, this is a National League East rivalry that dates back decades. Um, and speaking of Rivalries, the Subway Series between the New York Yankees and the Mets will have a game tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Check your local listings for that particular matchup. And underway, we have the Padres versus the Tigers, bottom of the eighth. Um, you have uh, two teams, 
one team from the West Coast, one team from the Midwest. Um, so I like, uh, you know, this particular matchup. It's two teams, you know, that are not necessarily in rebuild mode by any stretch, but, you know, should be an exciting matchup. Speaking of games that are underway, the Angels versus the Royals are also uh, playing as we speak, top of the seventh. Um, so we've got, you know, an interesting slate of games already. Um, and there's definitely more to come. So those are the select few um, games that I have listed. The Twins versus the Brewers are also taking place right now. They're at the top of the fifth. Brewers are currently up 8-3 to three on the Twins. Um, you know, these are um, two teams that play for two different leagues. So this is an interleague matchup. Um, the Twins are of the, of course, the American League. The Brewers are, of course, of the National League. So it's nice to have, you know, an interleague matchup every once in a while. Another matchup underway is the Nationals versus the Dodgers. The Dodgers are up six to nothing, six to nil, six to zero on the Nationals. And we're at the bottom of the third. Um, keep in mind, this was a matchup that was um, a playoff matchup couple of years ago, a matchup which the Nationals swept the Dodgers in the playoffs in 2019. They were basically sent packing in four. Um, it was Nationals in four in 2019, and you can imagine, while there's no there's no um, particular rivalry there and no bad blood under the surface. Um, you can only imagine that that's a long memory if you were a Dodgers fan and, of course, a Dodgers player or someone from the Dodgers organization. So I can only imagine any chance they get to stick it to the Nationals, they take it. So there you go. Another game underway is the White Sox versus the Rockies. They're at the top of the fourth. Excuse me just a second. Um, as I'm going to, you know, check back in with you on some other games here in just a second. So yes, the Rockies versus the White Sox are taking place now. Um... The Astros versus the Athletics um, is also taking place right now. Um, the Athletics are up two to nothing on the Astros. It's the end of the second inning. Um, so that's another great game taking place right now. Pardon me for just a moment. I apologize for the delay. There was um, 
some news, some background noise. I was trying to, um, some background news. I was, excuse me, background noise. I was trying to, you know, cancel out. Um, I apologize for the, uh, background audio. I apologize for the, um, interruption, if you will. I apologize for the, um, inconvenience. Um, it's not often that I get, you know, interrupted on my platform, my podcast, my, uh, you know, the Cozy Show podcast. Um, so, if ever it does happen, I do apologize for that. So, I apologize in advance, and we move on. Okay. So, like I said, the Rockies are taking on the White Sox. The Rockies are up three to nothing. And it is the top of the fourth, um, as we speak. So, there you go. And so... As we have reached the second half, if you will, of the Major League Baseball season, um, it's uh, been very interesting to see which teams have emerged as potential postseason candidates um, moving forward into the season. Um, And apparently, Chris Bryant has had um, some impact on this game, if that, you know, means anything. But there you go. The Athletics are up 2 to nothing on the Astros. It's the end of the second. Um, that game is on ESPN+. Plus. So uh, for those of you who have ESPN+, Plus, definitely check this um American League West rivalry out. Um, when these teams square off, you could you can imagine that there's always bad blood there. There's always heated tension. There's always, you know, something with these teams. Um, the Rangers versus the Mariners are taking place right now. It's the bottom of the second. Um... So it sounds like a pretty interesting game, as uh, it sounds. Like I said, the Athletics are up two to nothing on the Astros. It's the end of the second inning, and like I just mentioned before, um, we have another game underway. Like I just mentioned before, the Rangers versus the Mariners. It's nil to nil, zero to zero, nothing to nothing, and the bottom of the second. So, you know, you can look for business to pick up probably within the fifth or sixth inning, like most scoreless games start out and become. Uh, the Diamondbacks are up one to nil, one to zero, one to nothing on the Giants, one of my hated adversaries because I'm a Dodgers fan so you can imagine there's no love loss between me and the Giants um the Diamondbacks are up one to nothing on the Giants it's the top of the third um the Marlins will face the Reds tonight 
around 6.40 Eastern Time. Um, so it should be um, a pretty good one between uh, two interleague teams. The Yankees versus the Mets, the Subway Series. Like, excuse me. As I was saying, the Yankees versus the Mets takes place tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And I do believe that is on ESPN. You can expect Max Scherzer um, to be on the mound at some point. Um, rather, he's going to be the starter or the closer has yet to be determined. Um, but I'll get more information to you as the as I can get it to you. So, there you go. What else do we have here? Um, for the most part, um, I would say, you know, business is really picking up um, for Major League Baseball. Um, and you can imagine after the All-Star break, I mean, that's technically the way it's supposed to be, right? The All-Star break happens in Tinseltown, Los Angeles, California. And, uh, you know, business just picks up because that's just naturally how it goes. Teams get better. Um, teams get more wins under their belt. Teams get more um, ready for the postseason. And I think that's with any professional league. Rather, it's the NBA, the NFL. Um, well, the NFL, I guess that's the exception to this rule because their um, All-Star game doesn't take place till around Super Bowl um, weekend. So, you know, so they're the exception to this rule. But the NBA and Major League Baseball, what they both have in common is when after the All-Star game takes place, normally business picks up and things get pretty interesting. Things get pretty good. Um, but like I said, with the NFL, their All-Star game doesn't normally take place until shortly before the Super Bowl. So, the, scene, uh, excuse me, the season has pretty much ended by the time they get to the All-Star game. Because it's just that game in the Super Bowl, and then the season is over. So, I mean, that is, unless you're counting the playoff games, such as the wild card games, the division games, you know, and that kind of stuff. So if you count the wild card playoff games, and the divisional round playoff games, and the AFC slash... NFC Championship games, um, it's just really the, you know, the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl um, around, you know, as far as, you know, the All-Star game and All-Star weekend, um, as far as All-Star weekend and the All-Star game is concerned, that's usually not till the end of the season. So, there you go. Okay. So, what do we have here? Um, 
course, there's always some good sports news to talk about. And I'm going to get into that momentarily. Um, let's get into it. Speaking of Major League Baseball news, um, Derek Jeter, his documentary, The Captain, Episodes 3 and 4, will take place tomorrow, Thursday, at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. So those of you who are, you know... Derek Jeter fans, New York Yankees fans, um, you know, or just want to get to know more about Derek Jeter himself, um, definitely check that out. Check your local listings in your area for that particular show. So, there you go. Okay, so let's get into some headlines, some breaking news, and some need-to-know stuff. As I'm approaching the halfway point, if you will, for this episode of the podcast. The 50th episode. That's right. Episode 50 of the Cozy Show podcast, season 2. 50 episodes and counting. <laughs> Imagine that, right? But anyway, the Angels Mike Trout is dealing with another injury. That's a surprise, right? <laughs> um, but he's dealing with a pretty, a pretty rare back condition. Um, and not to knock, not a, you know, not a knock on Mike Trout, but he's been somewhat injury prone, somewhat susceptible to injuries, and low key he's kind of been hurt, kind of often over the past couple of seasons. Um, and that's not even a knock on Mike Trout. Um, that's that's not um, a negative on Mike Trout. You know, I'm, a, I'm not trying to disrespect him in any way, shape, or form. But he has been, you know, more likely to get injuries than most players on his team and you could blame that on how he plays and how he's carried the team or his style of play or you know just his overall role and load management but you know it's tough to keep that guy on the baseball field so it'll be interesting to see how things play out so there you go um Let's see, what other headlines can I get into? Okay. So I talked about that. Let me digress from Major League Baseball. Let's do a, you know, topic change, if you will. Let me change the subject, if you will. Let me uh, transition from one professional sports league to another. Debo's, excuse me, Debo Samuel is at camp training camp, that is, but not participating. The 49ers, um, the 49ers won't practice with contract negotiations ongoing. So, this is basically a holdout. Um, and not even basically. This is a straight-up holdout. Um, and in most case situations, the player 
gets what they want in the end, which is a new contract and, you know, financial uh, security. Um, but sometimes the organization will be, you know, strict in its cause and, you know, to stay uh, adamant in their, you know, in their fight in this situation. So this could be a standoff that goes well into the off season. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Okay, so that is, and by the way, the 49ers are optimistic that they'll strike a long-term agreement soon, so I'll bring the uh, details out as soon as I can give them to you. Jimmy Garoppolo is excused from, excuse me, he is excused um probably from the 49ers long uh, from now on. Well, I do know he's excused from camp at the very least as the 49ers are seeking a trade. Um, and I do believe a trade is expected as we get further into the offseason. Okay, so Travis Kelsey gets $3 million more million this season as his deal has been reworked. Um, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs have reworked the tight ends deal according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. So, I can only imagine that this move comes to keep the team's core together. Money comes um, from future years of original deal have been moved into this year as far as when it comes to Travis Kelsey's contract situation. So there you go. What else can I get into? Oh, Kelsey, by the way, remains under contract with the Chiefs through 2025. So that's another thing to take note. Chargers, Dur Derwin James, excuse me. Chargers, uh, Derwin James Jr. not participating or practicing with the Chargers. Right now, the safety is sitting out during ongoing contract negotiations. So, again, we have um, a potential standoff between player and organization. Um, nine times out of ten, the player will win the situation. But, um, just like... Um, you know, any situation like this um, that's never automatic, that's never guaranteed, that's never promising anything. So we'll keep, uh, I'll keep an eye out for, I'll keep my eyes and ears out for that one. So there you go. James Jr. is at camp and, excuse me, Derwin James Jr. is at camp and healthy after off-season shoulder surgery. So, he's, uh, you know, physically healthy. It's all about getting the, you know, off-the-field stuff figured out. And we can expect him back on the field once this all gets arranged. So, there you go. Okay, so... 
Um, since I've approached the midway part of the podcast, um, I'm approaching the second half of the Cozy Show podcast, the 50th episode um, of this media outlet, if you will, this this um, this uh, media source, this uh, podcast, and after all, I am a podcaster, broadcaster, and sports <laughs> journalist in my own right, um, at least in my own opinion, at least in my head. <laughs> um, before I get into any further news, I'd like to um, just bring to everyone's attention, you listeners, and... Uh, you know, active participants of the podcast, you know, I want to, you know, just uh, mention that this is a great time to be a sports fan, and I know I've mentioned this before, but things are going great in the world of sports, so, you know, like I said earlier, big thanks to you, um, you audience members listening in and tuning in and being active participants of the podcast you are all what keeps me doing what I do and I wouldn't be able to do it without you so thank you but anyway let's get into some more breaking news shall we let's do that Uh, the Saints Michael Thomas is back on the practice field he has not played since the you know 2020 while he was recovering from multiple, you know, ankle surgeries. So you can expect Michael Thomas to be an active participant this season for the New Orleans Saints as they go on into the season. So, should be an interesting season. Oh, and by the way, the New Orleans Saints, as far as I can recall... They're the team with the highest um, luxury tax um, dollar amount, highest lower, you know, highest luxury tax threshold. They're the team with the most money um, past the lux the luxury tax threshold, and you'll have to look up. You'll have to look it up online as far as the actual dollar amount that the New Orleans Saints are in as far as the luxury tax is concerned. But they're definitely one of the worst offenders when it comes to the NFL's um, luxury tax threshold. Um, But the Saints are definitely probably number one. The Green Bay Packers is probably somewhere in there, too. And I would believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs aren't too far behind. So, there you go. But anyway, Michael Thomas led the league in receptions and receiving yards in 2019. So, for whatever it's worth, just thought I'd bring that up. So, there you go. Is there anything else I missed? As far as breaking news, as far as I know, I didn't, but I will continue to bring 
any breaking news as the podcast goes along. Okay, so let me, uh, you know, digress once again, if you will, do a topic change, you know, change the subject, if you will, and again, transition from one professional sports league to another, and let me uh, talk briefly about NCAA football, college football. So, um, for those of you who haven't gotten the memo, um, UCLA and USC have decided to join the Big Ten, and they're eligible to do so as early as 2024. Um, So, you can only imagine that two rivals, arch-rivals, Two arch-nemesis from the Pac-12 have decided to join, um, you know, the Midwest's Big Ten. Um, And speaking of two rivals joining a different conference, um, Texas and Oklahoma, you know, who are two hated adversaries, have decided to join the SEC. And that move isn't scheduled to take place until 2025. Um, But uh, you can expect change to happen dramatically in the next couple of years or so. So, And by the way, um, the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, has said that, excuse me, has said that... uh, They're not just going to expand just to expand. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what other teams join the fold of the Big Ten as, uh, you know, the offseason, you know, goes along. So we'll see. Um, Speaking of college football, Clemson, of all teams, is expected to win the ACC again for the seventh time in eight years. So, for those of you Clemson fans out there, which I am not, (laughs) um, I hate Clemson, but, you know, for those of you who are, you know, Clemson fans and fans of Clemsoning, um, this is good news for you. Um, So, Clemson is favored, like I said, to win the ACC. Um, Let's go over to the SEC now. Um, This comes as a surprise to no one. Um, That is, for those of you who are, you know, been paying attention, Alabama, um, who are coming fresh off of losing in the national championship game, in January, and keep in mind, they were the reigning defending national champs going into the championship game last season in January, and they lost to an SEC rival in the Georgia Bulldogs, but it was proven, at least on that particular game that Georgia was the better team, at least in that game. 
Now, am I saying that they were the better team overall? No, I'm not saying that. But in terms of that game, at that moment, at that time, um, Alabama was outcoached. They were outplayed. They were, you know, outsmarted, outmaneuvered, out everything. Um, so they were the better team that day. Georgia was over the Crimson Tide. And you can say that they, you know, in some way achieved, um, you know, redemption in some ways. They've achieved, you know, validation, you know, because it wasn't too long ago. Um, it was 2015, yeah, it was the 2015 slash 2016 season where the, um, or might let me, uh, let me dig back in my memory bank to make sure that this is accurate. Okay, so, I think I might be slightly off on that, um, you know, time frame. It was the 2017-18 season where the, you know, I could be wrong. You, you may have to look up the, you know, the, uh, the actual date as far as when these two teams first squared off for the national championship. But I do believe it was the 2017-2018 season. These two fought in the national championship. And the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide were playing in Atlanta, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Georgia was the favorite going into the match, but any traditional college football fan will tell you, never count out the Crimson Tide. And so that matchup went into overtime, which was a surprise to many, but of course the Crimson Tide hung in there, and from 2nd and 26th, they made a great play to a Tagovailoa who was, you know, inserted onto the field after Jalen Hurts basically um, was exposed and had a poor performance in the championship game. They inserted to a Tagovailoa into the game and... Uh, Tua Tagovailoa from 2nd and 26 um, through a perfect pass um, to uh, one of his receivers. Um, and it was, you know, quite the sight to see. So again, from 2nd and 26 in overtime... Tua Tagovailoa threw a great um, back shoulder throw to one of his receivers. Um, so, I mean, what can I say? That was probably um, the craziest finish to any college football national championship game that I can remember. 
And I guess <laughs> a story came out um, later on, about a year or so later, where I guess Nick Saban said after the game, Tua, why did you take a sack? You know, that late in the game, um, you know, when we're right on the doorstep of a national championship. And I guess what he said back was, well, I did that. I took a sack on, uh, you know, first down on that play so I could go for the second and 26 play and score a touchdown. Um, but Nick Saban wasn't joking. He wasn't in a joking mood. He uh, wasn't um, happy with that response. So, you know. Okay. Um, let's see. If you'll excuse me for just a second, um, I'm experiencing technical difficulties. So if you, if you would please bear with me, uh, techni technical difficulties are taking place. Give me just a moment. Um, I'm having a hard time controlling the audio out here. So please bear with me. Okay, we're back on the air. So, uh, what, what was I going to say? Okay, so, um, in other college football news, again, uh, in other college football news, the, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes are favored to win the Big Ten. Um, and this really comes as no shocker to anyone. Of course, the Ohio State Buckeyes lost to their most hated adversary, the Michigan Wolverines, in the big house. I'm sorry, technical difficulties are taking place again. Let me, let me, let me hold on for just a second here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. I'm being rudely interrupted at the moment, so... Let me let me hold on briefly here. Okay, once again, back live on the air. So, let's try this again, shall we? Okay, so the Ohio State Buckeyes are favored to win the Big Ten over their arch nemesis, the Michigan Wolverines. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be an easy season um, for the favorite, the favored um, Ohio State Buckeyes to win the Big Ten because they'll be at Penn State. They'll be facing, you know, Indiana more than likely at the Hoosiers Stadium. They'll be facing... Um, you know, Michigan State, um, more than likely at Michigan's, uh, Michigan State's stadium in uh, East Lansing. And at the end of the year, they'll be facing the hated Michigan Wolverines around Thanksgiving time. So we'll see how things play out, um, and it'll be interesting to see what takes shape. 
um, for the Big Ten this season. Okay. And so I talked about the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten. And so I think that's about every major conference I could talk about. Yeah. The SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. And I guess I can talk about the Big 12 because I already talked about, again, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. Um, I do believe that it's either going to be Texas or Oklahoma who will win the Big 12. And that's the way it's been for the past, you know, five years or so. If I were to, you know, be a betting man and pick a favorite, um, I would hate to do it, but I'd have to pick Oklahoma because Oklahoma has had Texas's number. Um, and this dates back all the way to uh, Kyler Murray's time under center at quarterback for Oklahoma, which was, you know, way back to, dates back to uh, the 2019 season, 2018-2019 season. Um, excuse me, this would, this would be uh, 2018 going into 2019. So, the 2018 season going into 2019. Okay, so you can date it back to even that point. Um, Oklahoma has basically owned Texas, you know, within that um, four or five year time period. Um, Texas, I do believe, hasn't beaten Oklahoma since around that time. So that's about four or five years. Um, or I could be wrong. They might have, they might have, uh, beaten them, um, with, uh, they might have beaten them last season when, uh, you know, Oklahoma's former coach, who is now coach of USC Trojans, Lincoln Riley, was head coach. Um, so... Texas might have beaten Oklahoma when, you know, uh, Lincoln Riley was head coach last season, but you'll have to look that up to see if that's accurate. But to my knowledge, it hasn't happened in five years. So there you go. Is there anything else I'm missing here? No. Um, other than the college football playoff committee has decided to at least entertain the notion and the narrative that they've decided to at least get the topic started of a 16-team playoff by saying they're, they're going to do it? Um, no, I, I'm not saying that. But I am saying at the very least they're trying to bring that to the committee's attention. Um, you can expect the likes of, you know, uh, the playoff committee and... Uh, you know, the commissioners of the different conferences, whether it's the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, along with, uh, you know, your usual suspects um, to talk about the 16-team playoff. 
And so it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, you can expect ESPN's Heather Dinich to break, you know, some headlines for us, you know, within the next couple months going into the season. Um, but me personally, I like the four-team playoff format, at least for now. Um, I'm not saying that I'll close the door and I'll rule out the 16-team playoff uh, format, but I like it at four teams for right now. Let the best four teams in the season go at it, and if the team wins, then they're supposed to win. But if they lose, then that's on the team, as opposed to have, you know, 12 more teams added into the fold. And if they win, it'll look like a huge upset. But if they lose, they'll make the committee look stupid. So, I mean, that's my personal opinion on it. But, you know, I'm not a committee member and I'm not a commissioner. So we'll see what um, they decide to do as the off-season progresses and the season uh, draws nearer. So there you go. Okay. So as I'm excuse me, as I'm approaching the final five minutes of the fiftieth episode of the Cozy Show podcast. That's right, fifty episodes, season two. The 50th episode of the Cozy Show podcast. After this will be season three, starting with episode 51, and the list goes on and on. So, there you go. So, um, let's see, am I missing anything before I get into the final things as I'm approaching the last five minutes here? As far as I know, I'm not. But I will mention this. Um... Of course, I talked about Vince McMahon stepping down and retiring from being the WWE's chairman and CEO slash COO, um, a position he has held since, you know, 1982. So he's held that position for about 50 years, 40, 50 years. My math might be uh, a decade off or so, but... About 40 or 50 years, roughly. And if you want to go into technical terms about it, um, technically it would be since 1972, because Vince McMahon was an announcer under what was called the WWWF at the time, World Wide Wrestling Federation. It would eventually become the World Wrestling Federation, um but they got sued under the name because the World Wide Fund, who owned the name, decided to sue them for copyright infringement and a trademark violation. So in 2000, they decided that they would take the case to court, and the terms were finalized in 2002. And ever since then, it's been notarized as the WWE. Get the F out. <laughs> that was kind of their slogan for a little while. This is the WWE. Get the F out. So, there you go. And this 
took place right around the Attitude Era, going into the Ruthless Aggression Era, which uh, was from 1998 to 2002, and then from 2002 to around the mid-2000s, I'd say 2005 or six. I'd say probably sometime around 2005 to be exact. But technically, if you're looking at, um, you know, the amount of talent that the WWE was bringing in, um, going into the new era, you could say 2002 to 2006. So 1998 to 2002, you know, that being the Attitude Era, 2002 to 2005 or 6, that being the Ruthless Aggression Era. So Vince McMahon stepped down and has retired from his long-term position of 40 or 50 years as CEO or COO of the company as well as chairman. Johnny Ace slash John Laurinaitis, who was Vince McMahon's right-hand man as head of talent relations, which is a position that, um, to my understanding, is held by Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H. Um, from now on and moving forward, Johnny Ace has also decided to step down, a.k.a. retire from his position as well. Um, and this all stems from hush money payments, um, you know, over the, you know, the, uh, sexual misconduct reports coming, you know, from backstage in the WWE. Apparently, Vince McMahon has been involved for decades in such scandals, um, and he tried to give hush money payments to those who were witness to uh, this um, particular stuff. And the latest payments were made to course John Laurinaitis so this is basically looked at as a form of corruption um, form of bribery if you will so that is technically technically that is a crime and technically that is criminal behavior although it is no you know misdemeanor or felony or anything like that it's still you know obstructing justice so it does fall under that category. And so I think both men made the right decisions there. You know, I think they're going to have to anyway, or they would be removed from their titles after the investigations included. Excuse me. Um, concluded. So there you go. All right, so approaching the final minute here, I want to give um, a couple... Well, excuse me, I wanted to talk about a couple more things, and uh, I will end it here. So, for those of you um, who are Tom Brady fans, Bill Belichick fans, or Robert Kraft fans, or fans of the New England Patriots in general, I definitely recommend reading the book, It's Better to Be Feared. That is my favorite book um, to read of all time, and... I haven't ruled out the possibility of reading it again, although I am reading a different book um, at this point in time. So there's that. Also, um, the Live Golf Tournament is expanding, you know, uh, 
having more than eight tournaments starting in 2023. And just wanted to thanks to all you listeners, participants, and active people of the podcast. Thank you.